Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This episode of Gators Breakdown is brought to you by my bookie. My bookie will match your first deposit by 50% all the way up to $1,000. Head to mybookie.ag and use promo code GATERS to activate the offer. Bet, win, get paid at mybookie. Gators Breakdown. The Gators Fan Podcast. Because there's never a dull moment in Gator Nation. The Gators Breakdown Podcast is ready to go. I am your host, David Waters, and you can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SEC. And joining me on this episode is Gabe DeArmond from Power Mizzou, part of the Rivals.com network to give us an in-depth look at the Missouri Tigers ahead of Saturday's game as the Gators travel to Columbia, Missouri to take on the Tigers. Remember, you can find Gators Breakdown on news4jacks.com slash Gators Breakdown. There you'll find all the Gators Breakdown episodes. Also, listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. When using those services, please share, rate, and review the show. And on social media, follow Gators Breakdown on Twitter and Facebook at Gators Breakdown. And don't forget, every week, a News 4 Jacks exclusive Talking with Troop. Former Gators tight end Ben Troop joins me once a week this season on News 4 Jacks and gives his thoughts like only he can. Ben brings it every time, and you can catch that every week exclusively on news4jacks.com slash Gators Breakdown. Gabe DeArmond from PowerMizzou.com, part of the Rivals Network, joining us here on Gators Breakdown. Gabe, let's start this. Uh, let's start wide open uh, to, to get this thing going. And Missouri's been two completely different teams this season, great at home and struggling on the road. Yeah, and – I have a hard time believing it's a home road thing, although I understand why you would look at it and think that. I mean, you know, they're, they're 5-0 and at home, 0-4 and on the road. That makes sense. But I I don't know. They, they The first game against Wyoming was, was a weird deal. That's a weird place to play. It's the season opener where strange things seem to happen. And then Missouri just had some weird bounces in that game. You know, they had a – they had a pick in the end zone. They had a fumble that Wyoming returned for a touchdown. They had another. They were going in for a touchdown right before half. Larry Roundtree fumbled at the goal line. Wyoming picked it up, ran it back 85 yards. Kelly Bryant made the tackle on the last play of the half. Should have gone to halftime, but it was a horse collar tackle, and that gave Wyoming three free points. So that one was weird. But the one that just seemed to flip the season that I, I still can't figure out is losing at Vanderbilt. I mean, you guys saw Vanderbilt last week. 
Yeah. That's a bad football team. And I don't – I still don't have any explanation for how Missouri only managed to score 14 points in that game. And seven of them came off an interception that gave them the ball at the six-yard line. I mean, this offense through six games was averaging over six yards of play. They're now averaging 4.2 yards of play in the last three. Every time they've snapped the ball, they're getting two fewer yards than they were for the first six games of the season. And who knows why? I, I mean, the simple explanation is they don't run very well, they don't throw very well, they don't catch very well, and they don't block very well. So it's very difficult to do anything well on offense when that's the case. But they weren't doing those things okay through six games, and now they aren't. Of course, and one of the bigger headlines of the offseason off season was bringing in quarterback transfer from Clemson, Kelly Bryant. An up-and-down year so far, injured lately. Uh, how would you evaluate his performance, and if he can't go, what's the situation behind him? Yeah, well, Barry Odom told us yesterday he expects him to play. Now, you and I both know college football <laughs> coaches lie about injuries a lot, so that does not necessarily mean Kelly Bryant's going to play, but if he doesn't play, it means Barry just lied to us on Tuesday afternoon, which has happened before and is possible. Uh, I would evaluate Bryant's year as pretty similar overall to what I expected, I think less than fans expected. You know, I think a lot of people just see a quarterback who went to a college football playoff at Clemson and said, wow, that guy's coming to Missouri. This is amazing. Well, what you see is a guy who is a – he's, I would say, a, a good college quarterback. He's, he's solid. He's above average, but he's not great. He looks great at Clemson because Clemson has a whole bunch of great players around him. Missouri does not have as many great players. Um, now, the way Kelly's gotten there has been different. The first six games, he was better than I thought he would be, and the last two, he's been worse than I thought he would be. The average is, is comes out to what I thought just – maybe not the way I thought we'd arrive at it. Uh, and what's the situation behind him coming up? Uh, I know, you know, last week, uh, the backup uh, Powell playing against Georgia. Uh, is, it, is it him or the true freshman maybe uh, getting more playing time this week? Well, that's what's going to be interesting. Odom told us yesterday if for some reason Bryant couldn't go, he'd play both of them. But, look, if, if it's up to me, I'm throwing true freshman Connor Bazelak out there. because, And, and the only reason is they found out what Taylor Powell was last week. And he's a guy that can't win a game like this. I, I mean, he just, now he didn't get any help, but he wasn't ready for that. Uh, Basilak came in. He only had one drive. He led Missouri down to like the three yard line. He looked pretty good doing it. And I think people have overreacted to that a little bit because Georgia still had quite a few starters in the game, but they're up 27, nothing with six minutes left. You can't tell me that they're as into that drive as they were the previous drives. And then when Missouri got down to the five-yard line and Georgia started caring about preserving the shutout, they did exactly that. Uh, but I would play Basilak if Bryant can't go simply because he hasn't yet shown me that he, he can't win this game. I, I, I found out last week Taylor Powell can't win this game. Gotcha. And, uh, yeah, shout out to one of your latest articles over at PowerMizzou.com. Gator fans, go check it out. Uh, you know, for even more of an in-depth look at Florida's next opponent here. But, Gabe, you asked the question of, uh, you know, running back Larry Roundtree. Is he having a, a down year, or is that just a perception? I, I think it's a little bit of both. Um, it, it's pretty interesting because my perception has been that he's having a down year, and he's the guy who I thought was Missouri's kind of stalwart on offense. Like, I knew what you were going to get from him. He was their best player. He was the guy they would lean on. And he, 
I've thought he's not having a very good year. And then I went back and looked at it, and his numbers are identical to what they were through nine games last year. I mean, a little bit le- uh, fewer yards per carry, but om- within two yards of what he had last year, within one touchdown of what he had last year through nine games. And it was funny, when I talked to Missouri's coaches, they said the same thing. They said, you know what? I looked at his stats, and I was surprised that they were what they were last year because it doesn't feel like it. Um, I, I don't know exactly why that is. Now, part of it is because in the last four games last year, Roundtree averaged 27 carries for 130-some-odd yards per game. He had 204 in the bowl game against Oklahoma State and ended up with 12-16 on the year. And so that obviously jumped the season numbers. And then what it also did is set an expectation that, hey, we're going to see that every week now. We're going to be talking about a guy that runs for 1,500, 1,600 yards. And that's obviously not going to be the case unless he just, you know, I guess he could average 250 in the last four games, <laughs> but I don't think that's real likely. Um, so, you know, what I'd like to see out of Missouri, and given the way this offense has, has played the last three weeks, I think this is really their only chance to beat Florida, and I don't think it's much of a chance, but it's what, I thought they should have done the last two weeks and didn't, which is just line up and hand the ball to Larry Roundtree 30 times, try to keep the clock running, try to limit the opponent's possessions, and try to win a game, you know, 14 to 13. I I mean, that's the only way this team's winning winning a game at this point because they are not capable against a decent defense, and Florida's better than that, of putting 28, 35 points on the board. It's not going to happen unless the defense scores. So, I would like to see them take the approach of just, hey, we're only going to give you nine chances to score throughout the game. And uh, we're going to hope that our defense is good enough that, that you don't do it on seven of them. No, I, and if we go back to last year's game versus Florida and just how potent that passing attack was versus Florida, of course led by Drew Locke, but in yeah. Emmanuel Hall, Joshua Johnson, Alberto all had big days uh, versus Florida. You know, The wide receiver core – I'm sure it's been affected by quarterback play this year and, and, and lately, but are the recent struggles more than that? Yeah, it's really – it's two things. I mean, obviously, you lost a guy who most people thought was going to go in the first round of the NFL draft. He ended up slipping to the second round. And he just – the one thing Drew Locke had was, I'd say, probably one of the three or four best arms in college football. I had somebody tell me last year – that Missouri's deep passing game was different than almost anybody else's because when most teams say our deep passing game, they're throwing balls 40 yards downfield. Missouri was throwing balls 60 yards downfield because they had the guy that could do it and they had a receiver who could get out there. And so they were just stretching the field to a point that people couldn't cover it. And I I ran the numbers earlier uh, this week. Drew Locke threw 64 passes more than 20 yards in the air last year. He completed 30 of them for – 1,100 and something yards, 14 touchdowns, and one pick. Kelly Bryant on the same types of passes this year is 10 for 27 for 300 and some odd yards, three touchdowns, and two interceptions. I mean, it's A, what it's doing is taking away the 50, 60 yard touchdowns. You know, I, I mean, you have to be really efficient on offense to just play, go on 10 play drives and score all the time. Missouri's not doing that, and they're not getting the explosive plays. But the other thing it's doing, when you play defense against Missouri, you don't have to worry that they're going to beat you deep because of those 10 completions over 20 yards, four of them are to Albert O. You know, so, so they've only got, I think, six to wide receivers all season long, so they don't have wide receivers that are getting open. 
when they are getting open, either the quarterback's not getting them the ball or when he does get them the ball, they're dropping it. You know, I mean, their best deep threat is probably Cam Scott. He's been targeted 25 times this year. He's caught 15. He's dropped five and fumbled one. I mean, that's not a guy you can rely on. Their leading receiver, their leading wide receiver this year would have been the barely the number three leading receiver on last year's team. Um, you know, their their leading wide receiver has uh, something like 360 yards on the season. Gabe DeArmond from Palamazoo.com, part of the Rivals Network, joining us here on Gators Breakdown. Last uh, look here at the defensive side of the ball for Missouri. And Gabe, you know, it, it just it comes with the territory now. We expect Missouri to have, you know, always an impact player up front. Uh, and it's no different this season with defensive tackle Jordan Elliott. Yeah, he's been he has been really good. He is a guy who I think nationally now is starting to get some attention. Uh, he's a, a former, I think, five-star kid who transferred from Texas. Uh, sat out two years ago, came on toward the end of last year at three sacks in the, the regular season finale against Arkansas. So count that how you want. I know it happened against Arkansas, but uh, <laughs> I had people before the year telling me, we think this is his last year. We think he's going to be good enough to go pro. And I think he's playing himself into that. He is. He, 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 and the amazing part is Missouri's getting nothing from defensive end. I mean, they, they just they have guys out there. They they kind of fill the space, but but they don't make very many plays. Jordan Elliott up front is in the backfield all the time. He's wrecking plays, and he he's had a heck of a season. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. You know, Florida's kind of you know figuring out some things in the interior of the offensive line. Nick Buchanan at center coming back, but you know Ethan White making his first start last week. If Brett Hagee can't go, he'll he'll be making the second start this week. Uh, and then the other guard position, Richard Garage, another you know a redshirt freshman. So you know Jordan Elliott could be eat, eating uh, here uh, when, when when he lines up against his Florida offensive line. And Missouri's going to need him too. Him and Nick Bolt. Yeah, uh, linebacker, of course, superstar linebacker Kel Garrett went down early October. Uh, but fellow linebacker Nick Bolton's out there putting on a clinic trying to make up for the loss of Garrett. Yeah, he should be. And, and I I would think Florida fans will remember the name Kentrell Brothers. who was He was an all-SEC linebacker for Missouri. got drafted by the Minnesota Vikings. He's still in the league. Um, somebody told me prior to last year, which was before Nick Bolton had played a single game, if he is not as good as Kentrell Brothers was, then we failed. And he looks every bit that. He's leading the SEC in tackles. I, I mean, there are games where I wonder if anybody else has made a tackle for Missouri because <laughs> he just seems to be the guy that makes every tackle. Uh, you know, he had a couple interceptions early in the year. Uh, and, and he and Garrett were, when they were together, I really believe, and I, I know this sounds, um, weird to say at Missouri, but I think that was the best linebacking duo in, in the SEC, maybe, at the time. Garrett got hurt. Bolton's still been really good. I think, I, I don't know if he'll be first team all SEC because he wasn't a big name coming into the year. Missouri's probably going to end up, you know, six and six, seven and five, and guys on teams like that don't tend to get those honors, but Nick Bolton has been as good as, as really any linebacker I've seen in this league this year. Absolutely. And to wrap it up, lastly, you know, the, this past defense for Missouri is highly ranked this season. It's going to be strength on strength when Trask and, and Florida's wide receiver core matches up against this Missouri secondary. Yeah, the, the, it's interesting. The past defense last year was 115th in the country. Like there were often times in games where I was tweeting or posting on our message board. I don't understand why you'd ever run the ball against this team. Like I would just line up and throw it every down because you're always going to eventually get there. Uh, it's now, last I checked, it's fourth in the country. Uh, 
And I, you know, I, I don't, the safeties have been much better this year. That's a big improvement. Uh, but fourth in the country still surprises me. Might have something to do with the fact that, you know, they played Kentucky, who doesn't throw the ball. They played Vanderbilt, who doesn't, can't really throw the ball very well. So that helps. Um, but they do, they have had a good defense. And I'll be interested to see how they do against Kyle Trask because in watching him, I mean, he's not Lynn Bowden, a quarterback. <laughs> but he really does a nice job moving around and keeping keeping plays alive with his legs. You know, I, I mean, he's a, he's a good passer. I don't mean to say he's not. But what impresses me the most about him is he just he moves enough to, to keep plays going. And Missouri has struggled with guys who can move around a little bit. So I, I'll be interested to see how they do this week. All right, Gabe, man, thank you once again. You know, second year in a row you've come here uh, on Gators Breakdown to preview uh, Missouri. And, man, I can't thank you enough for the in-depth look at these Tigers. No problem, David. I, I do not expect this one to go quite like the last one. <laughs> oh, yeah, but much, uh, well, it was, it was a little chilly last year in Gainesville, but it would be chilly for these uh, Gators head, heading to Columbia yeah, this weekend. Yeah, it's supposed to warm up. It's supposed yeah. to be close to 50 by this weekend. We got snow on the ground right now, but that should be gone. Yeah, that that's that's cold for Gators, but uh, you know, so, yeah. uh, but in the, but in the end, uh, definitely won't be an excuse for the game or or performance there. But Gabe, uh, man, thank you, thank you once again. All right, no problem. Have a good one. Are you the type of fan that knows football so well that you could choose any game and call it? Well, my bookie is the place for you because they let you turn all your sports knowledge into cash in your wallet. Between football season, NBA, and college basketball season. It's time to get off the sideline and get in on the action with my bookie. If you're the kind who likes to bet a little and win a lot, then try a parlay. Pick your locks for the week, put them together in one parlay bet, and when they all come through, the rewards will be huge. Tired of watching the game from the couch with nothing to gain? Then right now head to my bookie and they will match your deposit by 50% all the way up to $1,000. Use promo code GATERS to activate the offer. Visit my bookie online today at mybookie.ag. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E dot A-G. And don't forget to use promo code GATERS when creating your account to claim the bonus. Bet. Win. Get paid at mybookie. All right, and here we go. You know, Missouri returns home after 35 days between games played at Memorial Stadium. Uh, Missouri last played at home on October 12th in its homecoming win over Ole Miss in a win, 38-27. At the time, it was Missouri's fifth consecutive win. Missouri moved into the top 25 the following week at number 22 and then lost its next three contests all on the road. It won the bye week uh, during that three-road stretch. Uh, Missouri's 35 days between home games is kind of a, a scheduling anomaly here. Uh, in fact, Missouri is the only Power 5 team to go that long between home games this season and is tied with Ball State, Northern Illinois, and Kent State for the longest shut streak nationally this season. So it's been a while. They'll be excited uh, to get back in front of their home crowd. And they're a different team at home. You heard Gabe and I talking about it here, and, you know, their home games have consisted of a, a 38-7 win over West Virginia, 50 to nothing over Southeast Missouri, 34-14 against South Carolina, 42-10 win over Troy, and a 38-27 win over Ole Miss. So uh, they won those five straight home games after opening the season at Wyoming in a 37-31 loss here. So Missouri, they'll be happy to be back home on Saturday. Uh, they're 5-0 at, at home. 
uh, so far this season. Uh, they've been dominant at home this season, averaging 40.4 points per game compared to 28.2 overall, uh, and allowing just 11.6 games, uh, 11.6 points uh, compared to 19.1 overall. So they are a different team. Three Power Five wins and a pair of SEC victories over South Carolina and Ole Miss at, at home. So. They're averaging 216 yards per game on the ground at home this season, limiting uh, opponents to 70.2 rushing yards per game. Uh, you know, it's kind of a it's good for a plus 146.4 advantage on the ground in its five home game wins. And uh, opponents are averaging just 2.1 yards per rush in five games played at the zoo this season. So Florida struggling running the ball. Probably not going to figure it out against Missouri uh, when they've only been giving up 2.1 yards per rush at home. But, you know, it, it's according if you buy into the fact that they're a different team at home or away or just, you know, playing tougher opponents just in general, uh, you know, in, in recent weeks. So also averaging 245.5 passing yards per game at home while limiting its opponents to just 167.2. Uh, and the, Tiger, the Tigers own a plus six turnover margin at home and have scored five defensive touchdowns at home this season. Uh, Missouri has won its last seven home games combined, dating back to last season. That's the program's eighth longest winning streak in Memorial Stadium there. So, you know, Missouri, we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll see if that trend kind of continues uh, Saturday, how well they play, uh, and uh, or if it's just kind of a recent trend or, and just kind of a coincidence here. But, hey, look, not only are they a different team at home so far this season, but traditionally – as well under head coach Barry Odom in the month of November. Uh, the Tigers are 10-3 and three in the final month of the season since Odom took over uh, there for Missouri with two to three losses coming on the road at ranked teams. Uh, they had a streak of nine consecutive November wins snapped last Saturday uh, when they lost to Georgia. Included in Missouri's uh, 10 November wins under coach Odom, two against Florida, <laughs> 45-16 victory in 2016 and a 38-17 win over the 13th ranked Gators a year ago. Uh, so, you know, as part, as part of their, in, in pair of that with their SEC move in 2012, Missouri's won four of seven meetings against the Gators, including blowout fashion uh, in those last two. So, take a look at the game a little bit here. And, uh, you know, when Florida's on, when Florida's on offense, and, and Missouri's, you know, kind of been well on, on defense. Kind of, you, you expect Missouri to be good on defense. They just kind of, with Barry Odom, Kind of just that consistency uh, on defense. They've been uh, dominant on that side of the ball, uh, especially since the season opener at Wyoming. Disappointing there, but you know numbers support that. So for, for right now, schedule maybe not the strongest, as Gabe mentioned. You know some of the teams really can't pass Kentucky, Vanderbilt recently, especially with all the injuries. So, but they uh, where they rank nationally in, in several categories is pretty high. Yards per pass ranked third nationally with 5.5. Pass defense overall, they're ranked number four only giving up 147.7 yards a game. Yards per play, they're ranked 10th. Total defense, they're 10th. Scoring defense, they're 18th. Uh, and keep it going here. Their opponents have reached the red zone just 21 times this year. That's 10th fewest nationally uh, and the second fewest allowed by any SEC team, trailing only Georgia. So maybe Florida has to hit some big plays here uh, once they get in the red zone. You could see some struggles here. Um, or, you know, Florida maybe not be getting to the red zone. Maybe have to hit some big plays because Missouri – doesn't let teams necessarily get to the red zone here. So Florida may have to hit some big plays, as we saw last week here. So heading into the game, they, uh, as I mentioned, they're fourth nationally, tops in the SEC in passing yards allowed per game, 
And uh, it's a stark contrast from last year because you heard Gabe mention it, mention it, and most teams could do whatever they wanted to against Missouri last year uh, in passing. And they were 112th nationally, uh, allowing opponents last year to throw for 262 a game. Uh, and right now they at a they, they've improved 108 spots from last year. So kind of looking at last year's game and maybe what to expect. Maybe uh, it, it would be it would be a little different. Florida's offense is different, better passing the ball. Uh, but Missouri's defense as well, better defending, uh, passing the ball here. So, hey, look, go back to last week. Missouri limited Georgia quarterback Jake Fromm to his worst career completion percentage ever, 44.8. And that was the week after he lit up Florida. So, uh, you know, they still couldn't get anything going on offense, but that defense still played well uh, last week versus Georgia. And, look, here's a kind of crazy number here for Missouri. Uh, their last 13 interceptions – have all been converted to touchdowns, dating back to last year's game at Tennessee. Every interception has had, you know, since then been converted to a touchdown, whether strictly straight off the interception or the offense marching down uh, right after the interception and, and, and scoring a touchdown. So, man, you know, Florida's going to have to take care of the ball here. You know, Florida's throwing nine interceptions on the season. Trask throwing six of them. So Trask needs to take care of the ball and not let Missouri continue that, that streak of, of 13 interceptions going for going for scores here. Um, also with Missouri, five defensive touchdowns this season. That's the nation's second-best mark. So, And all five of their defensive scores have come at home this season. So, you know, Florida's going to have to take care of the ball. Just looking at those last two numbers there, all the, the interceptions ending up in touchdowns for Missouri – uh, strictly off the interception or the offense scoring and five defensive touchdowns so far for Missouri this year on the defensive side of the ball. So take care of the ball in the road, Gators. Take care of the ball. But uh, you heard Gabe mention it uh, as well. The pass rush just isn't there for Missouri from the defensive end position. And I don't know if they'll be able to put consistent pressure uh, on, on on Kyle Trask. The over, the, overall, their defense has been good. Pass defense, it, it does work uh, there. But, you know, I, I think Kyle Trask will be given enough time passing game will be uh, effective enough and some players on the defensive side of the ball for Missouri to, to, to look out for as we mentioned that Kel Garrett went down uh, with a pectoral injury against Troy back in October but I mean Nick Bolton he's putting together a season uh, a crazy season uh, right here you know since Garrett's injury one of the most productive SEC linebackers here 46 tackles over the last four games while adding five and a half tackles for loss with a sack now leads the SEC in tackles per game with 9.1 and solo tackles per game at 6.1 and leads the team with 82 total tackles. He's averaging an incredible 11 tackles per game in five SEC games and has an incredible 37 solo tackles in five SEC games as well. Um, and he's just he's a monster out there. You know, Florida's going to have to account for him uh, right now. Another player we, we mentioned earlier too, defensive tackle Jordan Elliott. Um, had a, you know, a back at Vanderbilt game, career high of five tackles back then, where he was virtually unblockable. Followed that with a six-tackle game uh, against Kentucky, including five solo stops there. And then last weekend at Georgia, added four tackles, and now has 15 tackles over the last three games from his defensive tackle spot. And one more player, I think, we need to highlight here: safety Tyree Gillespie. Gillespie is Missouri's top-graded defender this season. According to Pro Football Focus, checking in with a grade of 92, a sensational over the last two games, posting 11 tackles and three halves. He missed the opening quarter versus Kentucky due to a targeting penalty at Vanderbilt uh, with three tackles for loss, two pass breakups, 
and a forced fumble there in the last two games. So some defenders there, you know, uh, still they got some, they get Missouri has some playmakers on the defensive side of the ball there, and there's a there's just a few on each level there that the Gators will have to look out for. And going back to the home and away thing, you know, look, there's no secret. Missouri's offense is just more explosive at home, has been more explosive at home. As we said, competition's ramped up as the season went on, too, so maybe not so much to do at home in a way, but still worth keeping an eye on uh, here. They're averaging 40.4 points per game in five games at home, where they're averaging just 13 games on the road. Offense right now is a mess. Uh, Kelly Bryant hasn't been healthy uh, out last week versus Georgia. And you know, we'll see uh, if he plays versus Florida here, and if he does, how healthy he is. And ever since their 38-27 win over Ole Miss in their last home game, the Tigers have just managed 21 points over the last three games, getting stuffed by Vanderbilt and Kentucky teams you know, that aren't really great uh, to, to be doing that uh, to an SEC opponent. You know, and the, the running game has been a problem here uh, for Missouri so far this year. Um, Missouri's 5-0 when running for 165 yards or more, 0-4 when being held uh, to fewer than 165. So 165 is the number there to look out for if this year, you know, so far is uh, is a trend or not. Look for 165 yards and see if they get that on the ground and see what happens in the, in the outcome. You know, would that change with them being at home? Uh, they played some pretty good defensives in Kentucky and Georgia uh, lately, so that probably contributes more so than, than playing on the road. Uh, but, you know, the Florida's defensive front, pretty much, you know, LSU and South Carolina back-to-back weeks ran on Florida. But there's only two times Florida's allowed more than 140 yards uh, on the ground. Florida's bounced back nice and shutting down, uh, of course, you know, DeAndre Swift, Keyshawn Vaughn the last couple weeks. You know, you got to look for Larry Roundtree here. Missouri's running back at 14 carries for 72 yards last year versus Florida. But the run game's not humming anywhere uh, near that right now for the Tigers. And the Gators are playing well the last couple weeks and stopping the run. Uh, spoke about Kelly Bryant earlier, and he's been you know, pretty inconsistent at quarterback. His best performance, his best performances have come against Wyoming, where he went 31 of 48 for 423 yards and two touchdowns in their season opening loss. And then another performance uh, against Ole Miss, where he went 23 of 35 for 329 yards and one touchdown. His last two games have not been great. Been dealing with a hamstring injury. Missed last week of Georgia, uh, at Georgia, of course. But in his last two games uh, before the Georgia game, 13 of 26 for 140 yards and one touchdown, one interception. Uh, and then uh, versus Kentucky, finished 10 of 19 for 130 yards and a touchdown. He's been dealing with a hamstring. Probably helps Florida a good bit because uh, there have been a couple times this season where Bryant has made plays with his legs. Against South Carolina, 17 carries for 77 yards, uh, and Vanderbilt carries the ball uh, 16 times for 72 yards. So with him nursing that hamstring, I don't see any of that happening. I can see this Florida pass rush taking full advantage uh, as well. If Bryant can't go, we'll see where they turn. If they turn to Taylor Powell, who who only has the other starting experience this year, uh, made his first start last week versus Georgia, where he went 10 to 22, 84 yards in the interception. So we'll see. No, we'll see because we, who, whoever's that quarterback for the Tigers, uh, tied in, and I'm going to try and pronounce it just for fun here, Albert Oku A. Bunum, or Alberto, as everyone calls him for ease. Uh, and so you know, he'll be the player Florida will have to try and have a solution for 
the best solution would have been Amari Bernie uh, to match up on him, but Bernie was on crutches last Saturday, pretty doubtful to play against Missouri. So it'd be interesting to watch here, you know, how Florida matches up on Albert O. Do they have to double team him? Double team him a lot? Uh, is that a combo of a linebacker and a safety, or or cornerback and a safety? That's worth worth looking out for uh, here in, in Albert O. If maybe he can get going uh, and spark this Missouri offense. So, okay, I think he's the player to, to to really look out for and help these quarterbacks here at, at Missouri. So, all that said, here we go. I'm predicting a 37 or, or a 30 to 17 victory for Florida. 30-17, to 17, and that's if Kelly Bryant plays for Missouri. If not, I think it's kind of, I think you can kind of change the score to like a 37-10 to 10 type of game here. I believe, uh, you know, these players have heard enough about the last couple games versus Missouri in, in 2017, a 45-16 Missouri win the week after Jim McElwain was fired, uh, and then last season, of course, the 38-17 romp in the swamp uh, Missouri put on the Gators, so... The last couple of games haven't been close, uh, and this team should be looking to rectify that. Uh, I really think Mizzou's pass defense is good, uh, but they've featured on some pretty big, pretty bad offenses up to this point. I know they did well versus Jake Fromm last week, but Florida has too many weapons here uh, that have beat Missouri's man coverage, and, and, and the Florida wide receivers, I, I think, have another big day here. Defense will stop the run again. Limit Albert O, and uh, this game will be, I, I think, within striking distance for Missouri if Kelly Bryant plays, but Florida pulls away in the fourth quarter. All right, so let's take a look around. What else is going on in the uh, SEC and games of note here? Alabama, Mississippi State's another noon game there uh, at Mississippi State. We'll see how Alabama bounces back from the LSU loss. Then at 3.30, all eyes will switch from Columbia, Missouri, to Auburn, Alabama, and see how Georgia and Auburn match up. And Florida, for any chance to get to Atlanta, Georgia needs to lose this game uh, versus Auburn. Auburn coming off of a bye week. Uh, can they figure something out? Can Bo Nix play against a play well against a good defense? He struggled against uh, better defenses this year. So we'll see if Auburn has anything ready for Georgia. But that game's at 3.30. Gator fans would definitely want to keep an eye on that one. Also at 3.30 on the SEC Network, Kentucky and Vanderbilt. 7 o'clock, LSU and Ole Miss. And 7.30, I think another game worth keeping an eye on just to see how South Carolina bounces back uh, here and how Texas A&M plays the week before they play Georgia. If Georgia does slip up versus Auburn, you know, you'd like to see a good performance here from Texas A&M. Hopefully, you know, we can have a little bit of confidence uh, next week if, if Georgia does slip up versus Auburn when Texas A&M. Uh, you know, goes against Georgia and hopefully gives Georgia two straight losses here and Florida ends up in Atlanta somehow. So that's worth uh, keeping an eye on as well, that 7.30 game on the SEC network between South Carolina and Texas A&M. FSU is hosting Alabama State, and then Miami is off this week. So not really, uh, you know, a headlining weekend, but uh, Georgia-Auburn being at 3.30 right after the Florida game, you know, hopefully we'll be celebrating a win and we can – Sit there and uh, sit there for another three and a half hours and maybe uh, cheering for an Auburn victory here. <laughs> so uh, helping the Gators maybe to a path uh, to Atlanta. So thanks to Gabe DeArmond from Power Mizzou previewing the, the Missouri Tigers for us. Uh, really, really good in-depth preview there. If you want some more, as I said, head to powermizzou.com. We've got plenty of plenty of uh, articles there detailing uh, this Missouri team. I'm the host of Gators Breakdown, David Waters. You can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SEC. Guys and girls out there, thanks for listening to this episode 
of Gators Breakdown.